Time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson. As always, joined by Dave Galloway and this week by Fox and Dave Galloway to start with. It was nervy for a while, but an important three points for the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, Aberdeen at times making life very tough for themselves at half-time. I'm thinking, oh, what are we in for here? But fair play to the guys. A lot of uh, character shown in that uh, second half for a really good fight back and a great three points in the end. And Derek McInnes says his players deserve so much credit. I thought we started the second half well, but huge moment when Whitaker gets sent off. We're not looking to get him sent off in that. When he stands over the ball and kicks the ball away. We've got Dean Campbell here two weeks ago, something similar. On a yellow card, does the same, different referee. And I think John, the day, has dealt with that situation the way the referee should deal with it. Um, you don't want people sent off for that, but his tackle got himself sent off. And I thought from there on in, um, I thought the players played with determination. We got the ball into wider areas. But the intelligence of the team was the thing that um, pleased me most. I think what you saw there was McGee up, Ferguson and Ojo doing the right thing, controlling proceedings, wider areas, carrying the threat. And we started to get presence in the box and put pressure. And all three goals really are through pressure in the middle of the goal. But delighted we we win the game against a good team. David, we saw your face during that clip there. Refereeing inconsistency in Scottish football. Well, I, could, I won't have it said. I could pretty much say uh, what Derek just said. Um, <laughs> I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh, but yes, um, the the refereeing thing. A, a couple of a couple of occasions, I found myself um, advising the referee that uh, you know he should uh, do something slightly differently because of what's happened in previous games. Um, it, 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 I just get really, really frustrated, and it's not the first time we've talked about this, but um, the inconsistency in refereeing. Um, by rights, Hib should have had at least a couple of players booked on Saturday, judging by uh, going what happened to Dean Campbell. Uh, but they weren't, and that's fine, but we need to know what the rules actually are and if referees are going to stick by those rules. Well, that, that's it, David. I think it, it, it's one thing that we... We understand referees are going to make mistakes, but when you have almost identical incidents and the outcome is different, it must be so it's so frustrating as fans, but it must be frustrating for the players and the manager as well. Yeah, it, it's frustrating with a capital F, and there's another word beginning with F that I can think of, but I better not use it because it's a it's a family show. But we do we do just want a bit of consistency, don't we? I mean, you know, referees can make mistakes, but you have to um, want to be careful here. But you have to maybe question the, the competency of, of one or two whistlers uh, without mentioning any names of course <laughs> very very diplomatic but obviously back to the football it was a big game very important first to get a home first home league win of the year it was I, I don't think we can really overstate how important uh, Saturday's game was and the result the performance you could say was kind of secondary but the the result was just absolutely crucial because especially when Hibs went uh, one up. Uh, what I've seen, it's difficult to tell if it was offside. I really don't know. A lot of people saying it was definitely offside, but the angle that I saw, it was impossible to tell. But you could say that we possibly could have been a bit tighter um, defence. Yeah, it's a goal that we've conceded on a few occasions this season. Yeah, I'm thinking as far back as Rops. 
Yes. Rop, Rop, Rop scored yes. the same goal against us. Yeah. Um, and it's it's trying to play that high line, and whether we've somebody's been caught deep. I think there was a suggestion that if there was somebody, it was possibly Logan was caught deep. I can't remember um, if it was that particular situation, but there was certainly one occasion in which um, Taylor and Logan went for the same ball. It might be the, um, the one leading up to the goal. You can't have two players, especially when you're playing a back three, you can't have two players going for the same ball because you're leaving all that space wide open. Yeah. And I think it might have been the goal that the, that led to the goal. But um, as Derek said, second half we came out um, maybe looking a wee bit more direct. Um, and there's absolutely no doubt that sending off turned the game. Just just, just back to that, that goal, I think we, we always say, there's a bit of doubt in it, we always speak about it on this show. The reaction yeah. of the players is always quite a good indicator, and and certainly the Aberdeen defence seemed adamant that he was off. Yeah, he wasn't though. He quite clearly wasn't for me. Um, and it it's not too dissimilar a goal to the one that Aberdeen conceded against St Johnson when Aberdeen were threatening way up the park, defenders out of position, and it was a really simple ball, a very clever ball, but a simple one as well by uh, Scott Allen that that really undid the. Aberdeen defence and you know nobody tracked the run of Doyle so it was just poor defending um, if you're an Aberdeen fan and good attacking play if you're a, a Hibs fan I actually thought Doyle had maybe taken it too wide but fair play to him a, a really neat finish and um, talk about a player transformed going from a player who couldn't um, hit a cow in the backside with a banjo uh, earlier in the season look at him he scored what nine goals or something in in 2020 alone but um no a really good uh, a really good recovery like i say a lot of um a lot of character but goodness me we're making life hard for ourselves at times aren't we we're we're doing things the hard way aren't we yeah and i think it's it's one of those massive massive game on saturday in that race for third place i think if if we lose that one hibs are right back in it yeah and it just it just puts that wee bit of distance between us and them, keeps us in touch with Motherwell, and hopefully allows us to go and kick on. But how many times have we said that this year? No, absolutely. I mean, it, it was like it it was the proverbial six pointer, wasn't it? If Hibs had beaten Aberdeen, they would close to within two points. But now they are eight points behind. If my mathematics uh, is correct, and you know, Aberdeen really had to um, get the victory to to try and put pressure on Motherwell because. You know, if Motherwell were to slip up, Aberdeen really had to win to be snapping at their heels. And that has really set things up nicely. The sequence of results at the weekend, we'll come to the, the Motherwell score and the, the other scores uh, a little bit uh, later. But, you know, I had a chat with Derek McInnes about his thoughts on that race for third place. I'm not really interested in how the table looks just now. I just, it's so important that we uh, finish third at the end of the season. So it's an important game. Club at Aberdeen should be playing meaningful games at this stage of the season. We've got ourselves in a situation to inconsistency, particularly before the new year, uh, either side of the new year. But now we've, what we've got to do is that consistency of performance we've been seeing away from home and consistency of results of late. If we can mirror that at home, we won't be far away. You know, I think it was a really meaningful game today, an important game. And as long as we keep winning and picking up results, the next game will become just as important. So Motherwell next week will be exactly that. Yeah, as if, as if Friday night couldn't get bigger, Dave. It's Motherwell. Yes, I mean you you know you you couldn't you couldn't have written that. Well, what a cracking game in prospect. You know, a mouth watering match. I mean. Aberdeen games against Mullowell are invariably tasty affairs, and this one just adds a a bit more spice, doesn't it? 
I just feel that there's absolutely no way of telling how this game on Friday is going to turn out because I mean, at, at one point I was looking at the table during uh, the game on Saturday and I think Motherwell was something like six points ahead. Um, both Hibs and Lovestone were in two, three points. And now, as you were saying, Dave, there's that gap between ourselves and fifth and sixth and we're right up uh, behind Motherwell. And it's, things are just to and froing so, so within games, never mind within you know a couple of weeks. It's just it's such a tough one to call. Yeah, and I think well, when I we, we were on Red Friday this week, was looking at it going into the weekend, Aberdeen and Motherwell were joint bottom of the form table, <laughs> with even yeah. Hearts picking up more points in their last five than mm-hmm. than the two sides fighting yeah. not to finish third. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like nobody wants to finish third. Yeah, I mean, the, yes, but. Uh, absolutely. The, the, the manager touched on home form. No, it hasn't been good. Um, statistically, four home league defeats in a row is not good enough. It's unacceptable in anybody's language. It was really important to to get that monkey off Aberdeen's backs. Maybe that might have been playing on the on the on the players' minds because you know when when you get stuck in a little bit of a rut. It's kind of difficult to get out of it and that's what makes the second half turnaround for me all the more impressive because it would have been easy just to have thought, oh, Aberdeen are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to fold again. They're just going to have, you know, it, it's going to be five home league defeats in a row. And remember, Aberdeen have found it in the past difficult uh, to play against 10 men, but they managed it this time. Thank goodness. I think Derek has said in this season he's taken some criticism and you could say justifiably so for uh, waiting too late to make substitutions, um, you know, leaving the last seven, eight minutes when he put someone on. But, um, but I think he got absolutely spot on on, uh, on Saturday. He waited to see exactly what Hibs were going to do. They blinked first, and then uh, just after a couple of minutes after they made their substitution, he put he put on Anderson, and while Ferguson, Ojo, Kennedy, I thought were outstanding, I thought the man that changed the game was actually Bruce Anderson because he just lifted the tempo of the game, and we just were far more direct uh, in going and attacking the Hibs defence, and they just couldn't cope with it. Well, that's it. We had to make the change, and we? we had to do something because, like you say. Breaking teams down has been a real issue for the Dons this season and coming up against 10 men is often harder once they sit in, especially when they've got a lead to hold on to. Yeah, there were, you know, I totally agree with what uh, David's just said there um, about uh, Anderson. Very impressive. He's really pushing for a a more regular, uh, you know, position in the team, maybe a, a regular starting slot, but... Um, I, I thought there were a lot of pluses in Aberdeen's performance. I, I was actually thinking, even, even when Aberdeen were a goal down, it, the actual performance, there was a lot that was pretty good about it. It just seemed to be a total lack of incisiveness um, around the penalty box. Box to box, it was okay. Um, in the penalty box, it wasn't okay. But, you know, fair play to Aberdeen, like I say, they um, grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and they in the second half and you know I'm running out of superlatives for this young man Lewis Ferguson he's an old head on young shoulders isn't he and you know I, I spoke to him after the game as well and he was taking yet another really good performance in his strides I thought it was a decent game uh, to be fair um, I just get told you know to 
bring a lot of energy. Um, I think we've seen midweek, you know, when the when Hibs played Hearts, you know, when Hearts brought that energy to, you know, especially the middle area of the pitch, they can overrun them in there, and you know that was a message to go and bring energy and a wee bit of quality on the ball as well, and I thought we did that. You're getting right after Motherwell as well. It sets things up so well for the trip to Far Park, isn't it? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, it'll be a tough game against a good Motherwell side. Um, you know, so I think are there a point ahead is at the minute with the with the chance to go and um, you know jump ahead of them. It's a big opportunity for us, so we'll rest, recover, um, and get a good week's training leading up to that. Yeah, another player we want to look at from the weekend though is Andy Considine. I think we spoke about it on the show on Friday night about his chances for Scotland, and he can't have done them any harm this weekend. No, and he showed that it exactly very steady and assured performance you know whatever position you ask Andy to play in he does it to the best of his ability and he puts 110% effort and attitude absolutely first class if the manager played him up front he would go and do a turn for the team absolutely no problem there but mind you he is um, he's shown quite a predatory instinct of being in the right place at the right time to stab the ball home you know he had a close range finish against Rangers uh, a while back and then right place right time back post two yards out on Saturday to to find the net and what what I love is the the joy on his face when he scores you see how much it means to him and that's that is amazing to see isn't it uh, as regarding Andy for uh, for Scotland I don't think it's so much a case of why he should play for Scotland it's why shouldn't he play for Scotland he's Without a doubt, I would say our standout defender this season, a standout player possibly, even uh, allowing for Cosgrove. And it, as far as regarding Scotland defenders, I can't see anyone else better than him at the moment. No, on, that, that's it. There, we, we, we touched on this on Friday night as well. Is on current form that there's that there's no one else in there. These aren't friendlies that Steve Clark's picking a squad for. This isn't about blooding young players. Yeah. No, these these are massive, massive games that he needs to go and get a result in. And I think it, you would expect McKenna to be in there if he was fit. Yeah, You kind of expect Devlin to be in the squad. He's been in and around the last couple. And Andy Considine has been keeping them both out of the Aberdeen side. Yeah, Out, out, of, the, out of the three, I think Andy is the standout this year. So it, it kind of... I would be amazed if he's not there. Well, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> given <laughs> we, given we the way things, things go. Mm. Yeah. But I, I, he's a player who's, I think, has been unlucky not to be in in the past. I almost wonder if it's because he is such a solid, dependable, no frills, um, as we were saying off air, you know, mm. no bells or whistles. He just gets on with the game. He pops up, he scores. Um, I mean, up until yesterday, he'd scored as many goals as Ryan Kent had. He, he's got more assists this season. And Ryan Kent's a £7 million player. And, and, and Ryan Kent's a midfielder. Ex- well, yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you've got a seven million pound and a, and a centre half. Exactly. Yeah. And but, I, I know which I would rather have in my team. But and, and Andy deserves his place in the Scotland squad um, for no more than performances, consistency, and ability. He, he you know, let, let's not just put him in for sentimental reasons. He deserves it in every sense of the word. He deserves it. And I'll be disappointed if he's not at least in the squad. I think this is something that a lot of uh, fans of other teams will be saying. Yeah, but it's just because he's been with you for 
X years, you know, and he's he has had 500 uh, appearances. But you're absolutely right, Dave. It's nothing to do with sentimentality. It is because he's he deserves to be there. Well, that, that's it. He's, he's, he's putting in performances week in, week out. You're now... I, I mean, three weeks ago, I probably wasn't calling for him to start, yeah. realistically. Now, with the injury situation, yeah. no suitor, no McKenna, going into these games with Charlie Mulgrew is, is that is that where we're at no thanks <laughs> sorry Charlie I think that's your answer it's it, it's one of those and I think we'll, we'll come on to it in a minute and actually what looked a fairly decent weekend in other areas of the park for for Scotland absolutely I mean um, certainly as far as Aberdeen are concerned you know I think Lewis Ferguson should be worth a, a look oh yeah, yeah I mean it, it, it's one of those I think Ferguson again you're possibly looking at Ferguson as a as a squad player in, yeah. in the Scotland side, I can't see him getting into the starting eleven just because we have so much attacking talent in that Scotland mm. team. Yeah, we're, which is a strange thing to say given at the start of the campaign. Yeah, we, 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 we had we had we had a, a kind of embarrassment of riches and at left back. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> at left back we were fairly yeah. solid in the middle. Still questions over the goalkeeper, and no yeah. nobody to score goals. We now we now have plenty of attacking talent. Yeah. And all the defenders are injured. Yeah. yeah. The, the, on the subject of young Fergie, it, his maturity is incredible. Like I say, a, a very old head on young shoulders. How old is he? 20. And, you know, his performances, his consistency, absolutely astounding at times. Um, I hate to say it, but don't be surprised if uh, big clubs are sniffing about him in the summer. Would not surprise me. No, that's, I think, I think we, we sometimes forget he's only 20 as well, I think. He's such a key player for Aberdeen. I, th- I think I think it's easy to forget that he is still so young. I remember just after he signed for us and he'd got in a couple of decent games for us and a Hamilton fan had had a go at me for somebody had said something about Hamilton being relegated and he says, yeah, yeah, every single year. And I said, you'll be missing uh, Ferguson, won't you? And he says, it'll be some player to replace for you. And he went, nah, don't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> He's been, I, I would, I would say, a standout midfielder since he arrived. Um, I know that uh, Shinny could have uh, kind of helped him along a wee bit, in, you know, that season overlap. But um, he's almost taken on the Shinny mantle of playing right on the very edge of uh, um, just pushing the the referee at that yeah, little bit. It, it, he's he's not quite got the Shinny mantra of I'll give you this yellow card in the tunnel now to save me doing it later. Yet, <laughs> but you'll get there. Yeah. But as you were saying, Dave, the maturity and I mean the the way he set up the the third goal, that back heel, he two players around him, and just you know, incredible. I'm just I'm so pleased he's an Aberdeen player. It is, and the one thing I think has developed in his game is I haven't I haven't seen him try and break anybody in two recently, because it was it was always a worry for me that he he still has yeah. that about him that you you can see the red if somebody leaves one on him, he's determined he's going to get them back. Almost wonder if um, there is a bit of that in there somewhere. Well, I I think he almost encouraged Brian Whitaker on on Saturday to kind of go for that tackle because I mean the first uh, booking that Whitaker got was um, a high ball that uh, he just clattered uh, Ferguson. There was no need, and I think there may be a few things going on throughout the game. And Whitaker's he's been round the around the block a few times and Ferguson's just the, a young whippersnapper and for Whitaker to let Ferguson get the better of him that's it you, you, you would expect that and that's like like back to what you said David it's an old yeah. head on young shoulders exactly but you would you would expect the experienced pro to 
to, to suck the 20 year old into that game yeah. and it'd be the 20 year old to end up taking the early bath not the other way around absolutely absolutely um, yeah, I was I was actually sitting next to Derek Ferguson uh, Lewis's um, dad um, before the game we had a chat and he's he's clearly very very proud of what his boy has has done and he's he's an honorary Aberdeen fan now so that's good isn't that yeah we, we, we remember the, the the Hedges goal against Hearts yeah, and who's, down, who, who's down at the front of the Richard Donald stand? There he is. I, I think I, I do remember Derek. Derek Ferguson. I do remember Derek Ferguson speaking about the, the Burnley game. He, he he was up jumping around the room celebrating before he realised that it was Lewis that had scored. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Derek. No, he's Absolutely. a nice guy, Derek. Nice guy. So, elsewhere this weekend then, Dave. We'll let you, we'll let you run through the predictor this week, will we? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Just sounding very pleased there, Dave. Well, it's the first—it's the first time in a long time, David. I can say um, I somehow managed to get more points than anybody else in the predictor. I got eight points. Um, I'll just run through the, the overall scores Andrew got 6 He's still top of the table on 127 Dave Mack uh, 3 points, he's 120 uh, Alan, you had 6 points on 115 uh, Mike uh, 4 points for 106 Red Army, that was you Mr. Mr. Dave um, two, 2 points um, you, you took on my, um, my useless mantle just for, for one week but I'm, I'm sure I'll grab it back for next week. Uh, two points for 95, and I got eight points, but I'm still on uh, 93. So I'm only two points adrift, so I'm, I'm narrowing the gap. There we go. Yeah, I've, I I was taking the flack for it on Friday, Dave, when I was in for Mike, that you're apparently letting the Red Review side down. They, <laughs> they're, they're, feeling, they're feeling very confident on a Friday night at the moment, so we need to get that changed. Yeah, th- thanks to Jack and Victor there. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> so we'll start at Celtic Park. Yeah, champions at home to St Mirren. I think we only saw this going one way. Yeah, um, yeah. five nil. Yeah, we I, we didn't actually think it would be as decisive as that. Certainly, I, I went for four nil. Uh, David went for uh, three nil. Yeah. But uh, you know, Hawaii five zero. I wonder if they played that tune at. Uh, at Parkhead. No, well, I, I let's say I like you, Dave. Had four. Uh, the last minute penalty cost me two points there. <laughs> Damn it! But like, like we say, just touching on that one quickly, we spoke about a possible good weekend for Scotland. Lee Griffiths back in amongst the goals and ready for Steve Clark if he needs him. Apparently, yeah. Well, you know, well done, well done, to Lee. He's he's a player that I I like to see in form for the country's sake. I mean, he is a very good player. He's He's the best, I'm not saying he's the best player Celtic have got, but he's certainly the, the best, uh, most prolific finisher. And if, if he's on uh, cloud nine with his club, then obviously that is going to really boost his, uh, you know, his confidence levels going into a Scotland game. And he's, he just seems to be coming to the boil at just the right time, doesn't he? You know, um, he, he's shown a lot of mental strength to come through various issues, but uh, hopefully he's put all that behind him. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a player that's... You know, because he's been out for so long, he's not going to be jaded, he's not going to be tired, he's still going to be fresh, he'll still feel he's got really something to prove. He's beginning to show what he can do again uh, for Celtic. And let's let's see him given the chance to do the same uh, for Scotland as well. 
I agree. I think um, it, he's a, a, a stick on to be in the Scotland squad as long as he wants to to be in the Scotland squad. I think he'll be there, and um, as long as he's just wearing the the Scotland shirt, I love the fact that he knows exactly where the goal is, and just nine times out of ten, he's lots at home. I just. Uh, all the best, then. No, <laughs> for, for, for big games, we need Absolutely. a goal scorer, and Lee Griffiths is certainly that. Elsewhere this weekend, Hamilton at home to Kilmarnock. After a yeah. an impressive win midweek, you, you thought they were kind of struggling. Two changes before half time due to injuries, then down to ten men, and yeah. the last minute penalty to, to pick up the three points there. It's it's incredible. A one 0 win against Kilmarnock, a threadbare squad. Uh, and this just highlights once again what a terrific job Brian Rice has done. The the belief and the spirit that he's instilled at that club, you know, you know, he he deserves a lot of applause for that. I I went for one uh, nil. Uh, David went for one one. And that's it, David. Just I think. So I think somebody on this show has been writing Hamilton off all season, and we're feeling Me. very confident about it. And then they've Me. gone and they've gone and picked up six points in a week. Is, for for how many years they've been up in the? I mean, the first season, you know, under Alex Neil when they were up, they were up kind of third, uh, pushing for second, and they were doing really well. But ever since they've been down at that bottom end, always kind of perennial uh, relegation candidates. But they just seem to do enough. To keep themselves clear of the relegation zone, and you can't fault them. No, and they always, like I said, we all they always seem to find some results. And you wonder if this might be the week that's just seen them safe for another yeah. year. Yeah. On to Hearts, Dave. After two impressive wins again for them in the last week, home yeah. to Motherwell, one 0 down, coming back to get the point. That might not be the worst point for them. No, a, a decent result. Uh, the the one one draw and it keeps a little bit of momentum going. But incredibly, they're back down at the bottom uh, yet again. I still have a feeling that Hearts will not finish bottom. Certainly, um, uh, the question is: Will they finish second bottom or third bottom? I don't think we'll get any higher up than third bottom, but. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens there. I, I still actually fancy Hamilton to go down, but you know, um, what like I say, what a terrific job Brian Rice is doing there. But but Hearts one uh, one against Motherwell. I went for two one. I thought I thought they would have got the win. Uh, David went for the opposite to me. Uh, he went for two one Motherwell. But I think David, if you'd offered Hearts four points from the Edinburgh Derby and the weekend, absolutely, they, they would have taken that and expected to probably be off the bottom as it is. Given the way results have gone, they're even further behind. Well, I watched um, some of the, the Edinburgh Derby game on Tuesday night and thought hips were absolutely hopeless. Um, apparently, the kit man felt that um, there was a rumour going around that the Hearts players said coronavirus, which is why the Hibs players were staying so far away from them. It explains it, really. But, um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, there's the kind of old saying that a club, you know, some clubs are too big to go down. Um I don't think Hearts are too big to go down, but I think Stendhal is just starting. It's taken him a bit longer than I think he thought was going to, but he's just managing to steady things. He's bringing a different style of play into them. Um, and I agree. I, I think they're, they'll are they they'll stay clear, whether it'll be second or third bottom. But um, the bottom clubs seem to be picking up more points from the top end clubs. And, you know, Ross County might end up getting dragged down a little bit into it. Who knows? And finally on Saturday, St Johnston at home to Livy, Dave. How did we get on in that one? 
Yeah, uh, St. Johnson won Livy nil. I went for 1-1. David went for 2-1 Livingston. But once again, you know, I've said credit to to Brian Rice for the job he's doing at at, um, Hamilton. Credit also to uh, Tommy Wright for what he's done at St. Johnson. They were bottom of the league and going nowhere fast except uh, maybe the championship uh, as recently as November. But, you know, look at them now. They're, they're, They're pushing towards the top six. And finally on Sunday Rangers away at Ross County Not convincing at all But A yeah. big uh, You would say a big three points For Stephen Gerrard Just in Kind of trying to pick up that momentum Heading back into the, the European games Yeah absolutely I, Oh, Just just before we do that The the Aberdeen uh, It was 3-1 obviously uh, I went for 2-0 David went for uh, 2-0 So we got the margin of victory uh, Right But um, Yeah Ross County Against Rangers, uh, my goodness me, I got it spot on. 1-0 to Rangers and um, it was the other way around again for yeah. David. He went 1-0 to uh, Ross County. But Rangers, um, you know, having to rely on a, a deflected Ryan Kent uh, strike to beat Ross County, that, that tells you how brittle their self-confidence um, is. It's very, very fragile. And, you know, Alan McGregor made a couple of really good saves in the in the second half with that scoreline uh, blank. So, you know, if one of them had gone in, could have been a different story, but, you know, they're 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 limping along, Rangers. Yeah, McGregor, McGregor managing to keep his temper in control might have helped. For once. Uh, yes. I, I, enough said about Alan. I could go on about Alan McGregor for a while <laughs> and none of it positive. That's another episode so, in yeah, itself. Yeah, that's, 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 that's another show. Um, anyway, let's look at quickly, let's look at where that leaves the table then. Before, just as we wrap that up, Celtic... You've got to think on the on the way to nine. It's it's as good as done. With the old farm coming up this weekend, must win for Rangers. Would you say? Absolutely, Oof. absolutely. But I honestly can't see Rangers doing anything. I think domestically they're really struggling. I don't know what it is that um, has happened down at Ibrox since uh, the since the break. Uh, the winter break but um, there are lots of stories about things happening behind the scenes and dressing room um, disagreements but uh, I can't see past Celtic No that's it I think if, if, if Rangers are going to have any chance Dave they've got to win this weekend don't they? Oh, absolutely but I, I don't think there's any chance whatsoever of that happening Alan I think it'll be a, a comfortable uh, and decisive Celtic win as they take another big step towards nine in a row and then you know you have to think at the end of the season if you if you look at it and Rangers have won nothing, which is going to be the case unless they win the Europa League. Which again, there's not much chance of that happening. I don't think. Um, although they have played very well in Europe, you, you know you have to think: is Steven Gerrard still going to be the Rangers manager at the beginning of? Of next season, are, are they going to give him another chance? You know, I think the jury's out on that one, isn't it? I think it's maybe a two-way thing. Will he want to stay? Yeah, that's it. as I, I much think, as anything. I think it would be a very, very brave move for the Rangers board to rip it up and start again in yeah. such an important season. Because Rangers on the part look like they have progressed, but there's since well before the January they did, and they've come back from Dubai, and there's just something not quite right. Yeah, moving yeah, down the, the sorry, yeah. moving down the table. Motherwell third on forty six, Aberdeen fourth on forty five, and obviously those two sides meet on Friday night. Oh, oh, what a belter of a game! No, I, I really, really looking forward to that one. And you know, Aberdeen. Let, let's let's see Aberdeen do it, not the hard way. Actually, go and score the first goal, and then get another one, and then 
you know, put the game to bed. That's that's the best way to win games, not going, okay, have a goal of a start and then then we'll come back. It's great to see the recovery, but you know, let's see Aberdeen start that game on the front foot and get right at Motherwell. There'll be a big uh, support down the Aberdeen support this season away from home has been absolutely magnificent and you know they could make all the difference on Friday. Yeah. One thing that impressed me on uh, Saturday, uh, you saying, Dave, about you know getting the goal and building on it was that even at three one we were closing down Hibs in their half. We weren't, you know, we were trying to press higher rather than just waste time in the corner flag. Manage the game yeah. more yes. positively as well. I felt than than we have in the previous. Oh. But yeah, no, I agree. It's a it's a massive game. So I, I, you know, I I, lo- I love the high press. I love seeing it, but it's got to be done properly, not yeah. the way Stendhal's hearts were doing it because they were, you know, <laughs> making it so easy for the opposition just to go, dink, quick yeah. ball over the top. Oh, we've conceded another one. If it's done properly, it's a joy to watch. Yeah. Just moving down the table a little further, we've Livingston in fifth. I think we've all been impressed by this um, this season. Yeah, one. Hibs, Hibs rounding out the top six, 37. St Johnston seventh on 36. And those two sides meet next weekend as well in a big game in that battle for top six. Would you bet against St Johnston winning? Because I certainly wouldn't. I mean, it's two two good managers, two different styles of play. But, you know, that, that that's, that's going to be a tough one to call. I think, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think I can see uh, St Johnston sneaking that one. Hibs seem to be just having a, some issues this last couple of games. And I, I think you're right. Yep, and then we've got Kilmarnock in eighth, Ross County ninth, twenty-seven, Hamilton. Th- no, tw- ha- sorry, Ross County in ninth on twenty-nine, mm. Hamilton in tenth on twenty-seven, and yet again two sides right next to each other in the table meeting next weekend. Hamil- Hamilton go to Dingwall and get a win. They pull Ross County right into that relegation fight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one as well. And 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 who would bet against the Aki's uh, pulling off uh, another victory because. Despite their perilous position, they'll they'll have no fear at all. I'm, I'm sure Brian Rice will just say, "Look, look at look at your last couple of results. You've beaten a decent Kilmarnock side. They're always a tricky, stuffy opposition. You've been Ibrox and you've won. You know why can't you go to Dingwall and win? That's what he'll be drumming into them. Absolutely. And just rounding off what could be a massive week in the season: St Mirren sitting eleventh, twenty six; Hearts twelfth, twenty three. And those two sides meet on Wednesday night, Dave. Goodness me! What a, what, a, what, a, what a week it's looking for six pointers. Oh, you, you couldn't you couldn't have scripted all this, could you? Wow, I'm looking forward to it very much. It's, I mean, the thing that I'm enjoying about this season is the fact that yes, I know we have we've had a couple of um, bad runs, but there's absolutely nothing settled apart from you know the title. There's no one team in a particular position is settled they've got someone either just in front of them or someone just behind them and it's so competitive it's great but that, that's it. it it's looking at the way results could go this week kind of by the time we come back next monday dave you, mm-hmm. you could have hearts well cut adrift or you could you could have hearts kind of right up there kind of almost level with ross county who yeah. could who could i think mathematically be bottom by the time we come back <laughs> mm. and we'll hopefully have aberdeen in third place i am confident we will well, that, that's it. Aberdeen could be too clear in third or four adrift. It, it's gonna, it's gonna be an exciting weekend we, again. I think it, the title may be all but confirmed by the time we come back. As well. I think, yes. as I said, I think the title's pretty much you know just, it's just over, over and done with by the shouting. But um, we can go into third place. That's it. We've, we've got to go and do it, and just elsewhere. Yeah. Kind of looking at it, 
Although the, the the Scottish Premiership title might not, well, can't mathematically be wrapped up by the time we come back. The English one can. That's Liver, true. Liverpool, That's true. Liverpool could be champions of England by the time we come back, Dave. But well, I, but, I, but, I, but Scottish football is a one horse race. Best league in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah yeah. You know, as they, as they say, as they say down south, you know, ah, in Scotland, ah, you've only got two teams. It's a pub league. Yeah, okay, whatever. But um, and just finally, just the reason I wanted to get on to the English Premier League was just we mentioned the good weekend for Scotland, mm. and another very very impressive performance from Billy Gilmore for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, remarkable. How old is he? 18? Eighteen. Eighteen. First, first, pre- first Premier wow. League start, man of the match, and he's tiny as well. I saw a clip of him at the start of the game uh, yeah. against Liverpool on Monday, and he was like. Is he still in nappies or something? <laughs> you know, he, players he, were looking down, and I might. He is probably, a child. Yeah, <laughs> Frank Frank Lampard, you know, quite rightly giving him big big praise, but he's a mature young man. I I don't think he'll let that go to his head. I don't, I don't think I don't think Lampard would would allow that. But you know, what a prospect uh, for for Scotland, and maybe he's worthy of getting into the, the Scotland pool if if for the experience, if nothing else. I can see him getting a game actually with McGinn. McGinn uh, not being fit. injured, I can see you know that he's be one of the players that will be into kind of take at least some of his role. Yeah, well that's it. Like 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 they say, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Absolutely. Well, like we say, so that could, in a, a very exciting week for Scottish football ahead. We'll see where it all lands before we come yeah. back next Monday. David, thank you for joining us again. Thank Hope you. you enjoyed yourself. Dave, you too. Well, Thank see, you see if you can see if you can keep up your your performance in the predictor, or was it just? Or we'll see if it was just a blip. Oh, could it just be a flash <laughs> in the pan? Questions will be asked uh, if I fall flat on my backside again uh, next week. Well, let's say Dave, Andrew, and Mike will be back on North Sound One on six uh, six o'clock on Friday night ahead of the Dons game at Fir Park. We'll be back next Monday. I've been Alan Davidson and this has been the Red Review. North Sound 1, Red Review.